Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Right Time Wave Sports and Entertainment Original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Greetings from Las Vegas, Nevada. We are here for the Super Bowl. I got my man Nate Tice from The yeah. Athletic joining us. It's not every day I get to not be the tallest person on the joint. That's it. Nate, Nate's blocking shots, man. <laughs> That's why you had me sit down, too. Like, <laughs> right, level, level height. Yeah, I can pack the paint. Uh, I'll, I'll load it out. You can look at mobile. I'll just knock it out. Yeah. But no, no, it's good to be here. I know. That was the first thing you said. Saw you last night. You saw me. You're just like, not the tallest one here. No, 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 no. That's it. I was, That's I was, it. I was in an interesting collection of people where I realized, like, after a couple of outliers, I was the oldest person there, okay. and I was the tallest person there. And to be honest, I feel like I should have been getting more goddamn respect, given those two things running together at the same time. <laughs> if this was a thousand years ago, yes, <laughs> you guys would be, you guys would be worshiping me. Oh my god, <laughs> you, you'd run everything. <laughs> like, I think about this. Like, my grandfather, who was born in 1909, but was like six three, like two seventy five, right. Back Back then, I was, oh, that's like your shack. <laughs> right. You are, though. <laughs> you are. Like, I mean, but even like a guy, shoot, which was like Abe Lincoln, 6'4". Oh, yeah. He gives a speech. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes against, you know, whoever he's going against at 5'8", whatever it is. Right back then, 1860. Yeah. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But <laughs> you read the stuff about Abe Lincoln. They were talking about how gangly he was and yeah. people make fun of him for being gangly. I'm like, oh, 6'4 is not that tall. But then once you put it into that context. Well, we see that guy maybe sometimes at a... A small college or maybe some uh you know some basketball player at, in the mac you know that hasn't really uh -huh. fully developed maybe some late bloomer yeah. that was his body type he was the 6'5 180 wing we need to get like we need to get a picture of abraham lincoln when he was like 14 when his teeth was coming in all funny Arms yeah and he was shins. just like like none of this is going at the right places he would have tore up the combine though because <laughs> the arm span wingspan i'm sure he I, he could probably just yeah he could uh, defend all five positions i'm sure too. locker room lawyer <laughs> It's the only problem. It's a locker room lawyer. Now we're gonna know, talk some. No Abe, you know he's, he doesn't like that. He didn't like that defense we put in last night. So we're gonna talk some Super Bowl while we're here. Um, also, some of the scene just to give you guys a handle. This is actually the first time that I've come to a city for the Super Bowl for like the whole scene part of it. Okay, so this I'm is interesting for me to watch. But I saw some news today that I wanted to save for Nate Tyson when I came. When he came in, I asked him if he'd heard about it, and I was very careful to ask him if he'd heard about it in a way where if he hadn't heard about it, he didn't know so that I could tell him right now, okay? And so I am not sure where this report originated. I saw it on the crawl from the NFL Network. I seen Joe Cena tweet about it. I saw my man Clarence Hill tweet about it. Jerry Jones is interviewing Rex Ryan for the defensive coordinator position of the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. All right, a lot to take in here. <laughs> kind of like it. <laughs> I mean, do you like it as a football move, or do you like it because it's chaos for, and it's great for chaos and it's Cowboys and all that? But also, Rex is Rex. You know, all the stuff. Even getting, I'll get into scheme talk real quick. Is that even a lot of the stuff that teams are doing right now? Mike McDonald with the Ravens. It's all Rex stuff. So he's been out of the league for a few years. That always. I mean, but if you're gonna give one guy. I'll, I'll go with Rex, you know, because okay. at least it's some of the stuff that people are copying. It's a lot of guys. It's like kind of two trees. And so it's like, all right, might as well get the originator. Uh, has he changed much? We'll see. <laughs> we'll, well find out. All right. So if we're just talking football, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think you hit on a point that a lot of people don't get. Rex, much like his father, the personality for a lot of people could obscure the fact that these are brilliant dudes. Swats. Like Rex might... It, 
Is Rex the most influential defensive mind has called it the last 20 years? Yeah. Yes. I would say, you know, of course, the, the Bucks guys, you know, Kiffin and all those yes. guys. That was probably before that. But after that, yeah. yeah. And especially, and everyone, we, Fangio has done some stuff. But really what I've seen is that it's some Fangio defenses, Vic Fangio. But really all the blitzing, all the, what they call simulating creepers, where it looks like a blitz, but you're only bringing four. That is literally all Rex stuff. Yes. And Jim Leonard was running it at Wisconsin. And everyone's like, oh, how is he doing this stuff? Other te- teams copied it. Kirby Smart with Georgia. Um, and now you're looking at colleges that are going, or NFL teams are copying what colleges are doing. So it's kind of in a roundabout way. It's copying Rex Ryan. But it's, yeah. But right. he is a schematic. He was an innovator. And every coach that went against then the Jets or even the Ravens when he was with them, they're like, oh, we're going against Rex. Yeah. All right. And my dad was a line coach. So that was his whole week. It was his, all right, what's Rex got for us this week? But that's what teams have copied now. So I think that his influence has kind of been underrated. So I yeah. do want to emphasize that a little bit. But now we got the other part. But then, okay? yeah, then that's, that's yeah, Rex. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can't. Rex Ryan is not at the place in his life that he can be somebody's sidekick. No. He's been gone from that place for a very right. long time. Like, I felt like Rex going to television. There's two, one or two things is going to happen to you as a coach if you go to television. One of them is the world sees you on television and then you can present yourself as a coach or as an executive yeah, and it yeah. makes you more attractive, right? Or number two, it is the sign that this coaching thing is over for you. You're not coming back, right? right? Go ahead and settle into this world. And so when Rex was coaching, I was always a big Rex guy. I kind of liked how he got down. Look, he was coaching the Jets. I don't know how good the expectation right. was for him to be. But I watched Rex on TV and my thought was, oh, he definitely knows he can never be a coach again, acting like he'd be acting out here. Like he's giving you lots of jerk yes. on TV. Lots, yes. like not not the endearing jerk, right? No. He's giving you lots of jerk. That's and now bringing in big old jerk to work with a coach that people don't respect already. I saw this with the 93 Oilers and people at least respected Party when they brought Buddy Ryan in there and he yes. was being an asshole and, and messing up the whole situation. Yeah. It's the same, it's, it's the, the same exact thing. same back thing. back to being in D.C. after he was the head coach of the Eagles. Yep. Oh, shit. I've seen is... this movie before, and so, it's chaos. The NFL Network oh, had to make a documentary about it. Oh, man, that's an all-timer, too. If you haven't <laughs> seen that clip, look that up. It's the funniest thing. Uh, imagine that happened now. I was like, oh my God, with Twitter right now, that'd be insane. But no, you're, it's Rex. And like, I mean, look at his comments about Amari Cooper. Yes. You know, stuff like that. And well, he's not with the Cowboys anymore, so you don't have to worry about it. But it's like, you know, that's how he was feeling about players. It wasn't like, you know, this guy's struggling a little bit. It's straight name calling. It's, it, but it, it's Rex. And you kind of, yeah. you, you have Rex on TV to be like that. But like you're saying, it's no punches held. It's, I mean, even Sean Payton last year, you could tell it was kind of like, oh, I'm getting into this TV thing. He said some things that were like, and even when he got with the Broncos with the Nathaniel Hackett stuff, right. and he was like, oh, shoot, I was still in TV mode. <laughs> some of these guys go, hey, I paid my dues. I did that stuff. People like me. I have enough connections. I'm good. But sometimes that call comes. And that's what bringing him this back, is, I this guess. This is so Jerry, man. It's so Jerry. It's so Jerry. So he's Jerry's kicking around just Belichick. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, Days are getting a little boring around here. Right. Right. Oh, another double-digit win season. Yeah. Oh, no, one-year contract, Mike. Have fun. Like, yeah. yeah. No one's going to care, right? Right. <laughs> and then you bring Rex in. Like, somebody uh, sent me a tweet and was like, is this going to be a Doc Rivers situation? Rex. And the Doc Rivers situation was different just because, I mean, once they started asking Doc for advice, right. it was a wrap. Like, Doc, Doc was not retired. They're not talking about asking Rex for advice to be no. the head coach. No. Jerry believes that he can convince Rex Ryan to play his role, yes. and it'll help Mike McCarthy. And I know the last time I said something like this, somehow this is treated like a controversial statement, but I made the point 
on uh, Rich Eisen's show that part of why people treat Mike McCarthy the way they do is we just not nice to the portly in this country. We tend to treat them with a level of skepticism. Right. And now you're going to be bring Rex big ass in there to work with him. Do you realize how many people are going to be calling them like the white clumps? It's coming. It's coming. The yeah, first, the first game, the, the first game they lose. The first game they lose. Rex is gonna be the nutty. Gonna be the, the nutty wig. professor. Is he gonna win? Oh man! At least. Yeah, oh man! They gonna have him Michael Parsons. They gonna have him all sitting at the table. They gonna find like you know like them two like twin dudes. Yep. Them twos yep. they used to have. They gonna find the versions of them. I'm just telling That's you. So fine. this is people ain't gonna treat it right and. Something's you're, guaranteed to happen that's just not good. You're right about the Portly stuff, though. But it's like, because that's, they only could be funny. You can't be smart. Andy Reid's funny. He's so funny. You call him, a, you know, people he's gotten the respect now. But it was like, oh, look at Andy bundling clock management again. Yes. Typical Andy. Yes. And then now he gets Mahomes. And it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's offensive wizard. Duh. <laughs> duh. We all knew that. But that's what happens. It's it's the it's the low-hanging fruit. It you is. Know I mean? It's always going to be it like is. that. And it's like McCarthy. You yeah, can't be big and smart. Yeah. I mean, look at Dan Campbell. I mean, I know he's big, but it's like, yeah, but same thing. Everyone's like, ah, oh, meathead, meathead. My yeah. dad went through this stuff. So it's like, it's like, they're like, oh, you can't be smart with game management because look at you. Come I can't on. Lie, though. I, it took me some time with Dan Campbell. And then once I got there, I was like, okay, that's all me. That's all me. I, I'm such a fan. Caps, man. Like, he's the best. <laughs> uh, he, I kind of was like interested and I didn't think it ended up, of course, like this and went as well as it could have gone. But like year one with him, and I've, I've talked about this game a few times. They played the Rams and the Lions were terrible this year and the Rams were cooking that year. And he has some undrafted free agent DB who gets torched by Cooper Cup, just shredded. And they show Dan Campbell talking to the guy, but it wasn't mad. It wasn't anything, but he just kept going, we need you. Like literally, but also in like a motivational way. It was like, we need you. And the guy stepped up and made a play. I think he, they kicked like an onside kick. They had like two fake punts that game. He just threw everything. But like just how he talked to that one player, I was like, oh, this is real. Because yeah. it wasn't that corny stuff. You see those coaches and it's like, a, and people that eat it up. It felt so real, so former player, the former captain yeah. kind of talking to him. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I don't know if they'll you know, win games, but I'm in. I, I'm going to see where this goes and end up okay. He's the great combination of a lovable person that I swear to God, you don't want to fight under any circumstance. Never. I can't imagine like what it would take, what Dan Campbell would have to do, even if I was Dan Campbell's size, what Dan Campbell would have to do for me to be like, all right, big dog, it's me and you. Because it's not. I mean, how he feels. I mean, he. A lot of those coaches wear the the workout shirts, but more have sweatshirts on. You know, like that. But he wears the, the legit workout shirts. And he fills it out still. Yeah. Like, no, nah, I'm good. Walking yeah. tight end. Good. Yeah, he's out here like I work out. I, I he hadn't missed the workout since since before he was a player. Yeah. 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 You go in there like he he in there before anybody else yeah. get in there with his double coffee order. <laughs> I had to drink that one time for our show. It was like I was smelling colors. <laughs> it was just like because I lost the bet, so I had to do the Dan Campbell. I bet on the Lions in our show, and I had to drink his order with Shield Capadio, who's with uh, the Ringer now. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I was like, I was going cross eyed halfway through it, but yeah, that's so again, Campbell. These guys are right. That's like a buff guy. Then Vrabel just getting some heat right now. Not heat, but like, oh, there's some stuff going on right now. Well, I that, shouldn't know because it got broke on our show. Yeah, but. no, Dan <laughs> Rossini reported, yeah, yeah, that people were afraid of hiring Mike Vrabel. Uh, or part of the apprehension he had is that he was so physically imposing that the uh, that he was causing teams problems. And I got to be honest with you, 
Um, sometimes anonymous, it's an English word, but it really translates into another English word. And in this case, I feel like if that came from an anonymous source, that anonymous source translate directly into the words Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Only Mike Vrabel is telling you, man, you know what it is, man. I get in here, you know, I'm a big motherfucker, you know what I mean? I get in there, man. You see them get scared. You know how they do. You think he used alpha in there? You <laughs> threw that one in there? But that's what it is, though. I say, when a real man walks in the room, that, that would be great, the anonymous quote. That's a real man, man, and not everybody can handle a real man. They were intimidated by the anonymous, <laughs> I mean, uh, Coach Vrabel. Uh, that, that's what anonymous source says. <laughs> and he had a great suit on. It was button. His colors matched. He had great shoes on, too. Anonymous source says. <laughs> it's but just I, everything's perfect. But I always felt about Vrabel, and I'm curious where you land on this. Because he had that one year as a coordinator before he got that job, and yeah. it wasn't like that defense was very no, it was, good. It was below average. When he had that one year. Yeah. I just feel like with Vrabel, who I thought was a good coach, it really just is. Do you buy the idea that he's a good coach or not? Right? I, like, like yeah. maybe he's walking in. Because I know, like, for example, yeah. with your father, you talked about this, that Mike Tice would come in for these interviews with these incredibly organized plans and everything else, and people would be all surprised by it. And I could be wrong. And maybe I'm doing Mike Vrabel a disservice. But I don't feel like he's doing that. He, this is kind of what I've heard for, through the grapevine, too, is that what because he's actually one of the best game and clock managers, too. It's kind of funny, two of the best are Vrabel Campbell. Yes. Okay. All right, cool. But they have an analytics guy, you know, on the headset, like most teams do, you know, go for a fourth down here, you know, okay, kick a field goal here, yada, yada, go for two here. And he never consults with that guy. It's all his brain. And he's right most of the time. So it's like, the guy's, a, again, another football savant. And it's just, but even if they don't come across that way, but how's that go in meetings? I think Vrabel even said when he interviewed Ohio State with Urban Meyer, it was like, they were like, it was the worst coaching interview they've ever heard. But it's like, you know, Mike Vrabel, all right, bring him on. You're right, at Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. All right, come on. Yeah, like, okay, we're good. And then watch what he became. But everyone I know, he loves ball. Like, he just loves the, the actual practice and yeah. all that stuff. Maybe why some of the teams get ground down, because I can imagine those yeah. practices. But I think he, he knows that football element. Does he know the other elements of being the head coach? Yeah. That's what's interesting. Well, my guess with Vrabel is, I mean, a big part of why he's not the coach anymore in Tennessee is, he did some bad math on how much power he had relative yeah. to the general manager. Yeah. And I don't want to say relative to the owner, but even to a degree. Like, he, he thought, thought he, he had, had more clout than he had. Yeah, especially, well, the worst thing that happened was, well, they traded A.J. Brown, but then they played Philly that year. Yes. At Philly. And those uh, Eagle fans really let the owner know how they felt about that trade, which they were very happy about in Philadelphia. And that, sure enough, John Robinson, GM, got fired, I think, that week. Yeah. And it was like, oh, what happened here? And Vrabel and Robinson, I think, are they go back a ways. But also, I think Vrabel's like, all right, well, that's my loss. You know, right. like, hey, the assistant coach got fired. This, you have to, that's kind of how it is as the head guy. But I think that's exactly it. I think he was like, well, I'm good here, right? Tennessee loves me. Look at these. <laughs> all right, Derrick Henry's moving on. You know, Ryan Taylor's moving on. I'm getting this new set and everything like that. But I think that's exactly it. I think, like you said, he did some bad math and look what happened. I think Tennessee's a little bit like that right now. Yeah. Math doesn't matter there. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas, the math doesn't matter. Well, nope. casinos it does, but not with the team. But, you know, there's some of these teams, these old, you know, now Tennessee's the legacy team that, you know, doesn't really operate normally. The, the legacy of the man who had the bright idea to hire Buddy Ryan to be the defensive coordinator, which, by the way, worked until it didn't. Just well, want to yeah, throw that yeah, out there. Right. And even when it was working, it was kept Jerry, boy. But only, only defensive coordinator going on the Coach's shoulders. That's right. That's right. God, <laughs> I forgot shoulders. about that. Player shoulders. Yeah. That yeah. was the Dick and Buddy Ryan. Buddy and but I say buddies and all those guys love, love him. him. Same with Rex. A lot of his former defensive players. Defensive players, I'll say. Yes. Love him. You know, offense, offense is a second thought. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> he lost me, and I'll never forget this. 
when he talked about how terrible Geno Smith was on television. And Geno was like, my bad. I just remember that time we saved his job. And I was like, ooh, that's a little. Ooh, you're right. Because that did happen. It did. No, I know. And they never really gave him a shot. And and shoot. And then the Giants time with Geno, too. It was like, that was a whole thing with Eli. Don't you know, get me started on that. Oh Don't my, get me started I was that. with the Raiders when that happened. Oh, and really? we played him that week. That's and you right. Could just tell us. It was weird. Like pre pregame warmups was weird with this group, but I don't even Gino. And that's the thing too is some of these guys. And I, I, I'm not gonna say Coach Ryan doesn't, but it's like a lot of these guys too. It's like they don't keep up, you know. So it's like their thoughts from Gino from three years ago, right? As opposed to watching what he's done with Seattle the last two years, right? Even last year he was exceptional. I thought he played like a top ten guy. Uh, I think that's what's happened. It's like, well, that's how he was when I was with him. It's like, yeah. People change. Yeah, but even then, G, even then Gino's like, what? Well, what the hell? I say we went eight and eight that year, and I say, and I helped save your job. Now, I'm not saying that Gino was very good right, that but year, still. but even still. Hey, what the hell? Yeah, you know, like, come on, home. We, we didn't go four and 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's he a great there. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're here in Vegas. You live yeah. in Vegas. Uh, this is an interesting NFL sort of scene. Mm -hmm. Like, the takeover hasn't fully happened. And Starting. Vegas is also its own thing because it's always something going on in yes. Vegas. So if it wasn't the Super Bowl, the cab drivers would be like, oh, there's a lot of people coming in. I wonder what it's about. Because it yeah. could be CES. anything on a given weekend. A uh, rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the draft was here a couple of years ago, and that was kind of like a prep. They had F1 here. Right. A couple months ago, Pac-12 championship game, whatever UFC fight you want to pick. Right. Once college basketball starts, or they have their regular uh, the season tournaments, like just the the conferences, like five of them are here in Vegas at right. just different casinos and stuff like that. But that's what it's uh, reminded me of New York, like ten years ago when the Super Bowl was there. Uh, not that I was there, but they almost every people all the people said that went, went there. It's like New York overshadows the Super Bowl, yeah, because it's New York. Vegas is meant to host. So yes. this is not like you feel like Phoenix and these other cities, no offense to Phoenix or anything, but they swell when the Super Bowl is there. Here it's just like, oh, we'll eat you up. We'll gobble you up. Right. Oh, we got a host. Oh, yeah. We'll check, take your bags. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have 500 cab rides ready. You know, like these, the, the city's made for it. I stumbled upon living here as, as a nomad that's lived around the country. It's mm -hmm. like Vegas worked for me. But it's like I see people coming in thinking it's going to be all this chaos. Everything's like, nope. Like you said, it's just another week in Vegas. And yeah. This is just Wednesday. It's also <laughs> fun that this is like, like I come to Vegas for NBA Summer League a lot. Okay, and, yeah. And that for me, it's like playing license plate bingo, but with people, right? Like you just, you just like Guess random like NBA reason. figure. You just yeah. happen to see a little bit of everybody. It's tricky though when that's what it is for the NFL thing because it's a bunch of people who wear helmets, right? It's a whole lot of, I see you, big dog. Think, or did you come? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's Jamar Chase. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I would, I could give you Jamar Chase, Chase if he yeah. walked in here. T. Higgins better be wearing a jersey. Or a lanyard or something. Or better score and throw the helmet down. I need something. <laughs> I need, something. I'm going to need some help. Like, there's so <laughs> many guys. Like, I remember How about talking. like DJ Moore? Could you do like DJ Moore? No, I got nothing on that. I don't think I could do DJ Moore. I don't think I could do DJ Moore. I love Moore. DJ Moore, but I don't think I could do it. I'm trying to think. Yeah, if they're like on the quarterback list, I think I could do okay. I could do a QB On just, I don't think there's a quarterback that I wouldn't recognize. Okay. I would need to do some context cluing on Anthony Richardson. Okay. It would just be, be look at that giant man walking yeah, like, faster than he has any business walking. <laughs> look at this, look at this perfect, like, <laughs> like just like, yeah, that. Like, yeah. you play sports? <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, and you're a quarterback? No, but that, yeah. And also the deepest voice ever. Yes. Did, you, did you the interview last year with his brother? Oh, no, I did not. So they interviewed his brother, and his, his brother sounded like he had the voice of God. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, coming through, part through the skies. And they're like, how old are you? He's like, 13. He's just like, it was like, jeez, like, what, what are you guys feeding them? This guy, just the deal. And everyone's like, oh, he's like 22, 23. Right. He thought he was older, but right. he was like, had just, he has probably, he was like, just hitting puberty. I was yeah. like, oh man, baritone all the way. So it's like, they, 
Yeah, I, I'm big on Richardson. Rock Purdy. I'm, I'm big on Richardson, by the way. Yeah, well, we talked, we've done this. Yes, we are, we're, right? there. we're hoping it is going to come back around. We're still there. Okay, I'm, I'm, it hasn't gone away. I just want to assure you. <laughs> just wait. It's just those glimpses we saw this year. Just everyone, Stroud was fantastic this year. Just wait for Anthony Richardson to have a full, healthy year. Because just wait. <laughs> way, Brock Purdy. If you don't, it, well, everyone compares him to somebody. He got compared to Lee Harvey Oswald, and they asked him about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he's going to compare to Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. Hey, hey, look, man. What am I supposed to say to that? Right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what am I supposed to hey, You got a memorable face. So, you look like so, Lee Harvey Oswald. So, what you say it is, I'm a sniper. Yeah. I changed the world. That's what you're saying. There I'm out here some, changing the world. There were some good tweets about it. Some people popped off some jokes. And I, well, someone was like, some about a weapon doing all the damage <laughs> instead of the shooter. The weapons around the shooter doing the damage. <laughs> oh, that that's like, amazing. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's that was good. It's the rifle. It's really the rifle. It's really that's, the rifle. That, 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 that's, yeah, that's that's got this yeah, under yeah. control. Yeah. But no, I've, it, you see a little bit of everybody. It's so something interesting has happened here also, which is everybody has, if they do Vegas, they have their hotels that they like to stay at mm-hmm. in Vegas. Not the luxury. Okay. See, this is where we're going, right? <laughs> what, is ha- what has happened here for people is your job is deciding what hotel you are going to stay at. And I don't really know the hierarchy on who they decided who got to stay at what hotels. And I imagine there are some people's jobs that are sending them to stay at the fancy hotels. I'm just here to tell you, don't none of my friends work at those places. <laughs> my, my friends are all in the corridor. So for those of you who don't uh, really know fine. that much about like the evolution of what Vegas has become, yeah. there was a run in the early to mid 90s where Vegas got the bright idea yep. that they were going to become more family friendly. Yes. And it did not work because when people brought their families, they did not drink. Yes. And therefore the margins or, did or not add up. as much or go Exactly, out or right? They were like, all the oh, reasons sure. that you come to Las Vegas. That's why they switched up to that. What happens in Vegas stayed in Vegas yeah. situation. Clubs, 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 yes. clubs. Yes, and yes. the $3 prime rib, yeah. all that went out the gone. way, right? Buffet's this, the, gone. Ballers Free only. parking gone. Yes. yes. Yeah. Ballers. Oh, wait. They were like, yo, ballers only. That's it. And maybe that was part of- $50 and, minimum. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And after, look, after All-Star 07, they had to do a whole lot to just change who it was. People talk about that like <laughs> hush tones no, here in Las Everybody Vegas. acts like it never happened. I'll start game going back in Vegas. <laughs> Everybody, acts, I'm surprised they do any of this, right? It's crazy. But in that run, and they did the family friendly thing. They built a lot of hotels that were city themed, right? Yeah. And so the Bellagio, the Venetian, yeah. the Palazzo, those are examples of Literally those cities. New York, New York. <laughs> then there's examples of other city hotels that they built that just didn't really have that same panache no. as the other places. And I have never stayed at them. I don't, my friends who come to Vegas, do not typically stay at them. They all up in them motherfucker this weekend. They in all them places that they skip past and don't want to go to. They stayed at all of them. But baby, they are not happy about it. And I'm not saying this as like spoiled media member. I'm not staying in one of those places, by the way. I see a big <laughs> wave. I'm not saying that to like say these people or judge. I'm not, I'm not saying y'all should look at them as being entitled. I think if these people had the option of paying for their own stuff, maybe they would, but you're not going to do that. No. You're not going to do that. So they in there smelling 25 year old cigarettes in them rooms and everything else. And they are, I've heard the words, how the mighty have fallen. I've heard somebody say that about where they're staying. 
Uh, but this is what I've learned being in media for a few years now. It's like they love to complain about free stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, the free food right here is terrible. All right, well, ten bucks, fifteen bucks, you can go buy something. Yeah, but if I gotta stay for a week, and you can't just yeah. go get another room. No, no, no. So if I gotta stay here. for a week at a place that I don't like, and by the way, a place that you don't like, that you still gotta walk a half a mile across just to get Everything. to the elevator, just Absolutely. to go to your room to walk another half. Mile. Even going from the convention center to where the Uber pickup pick was at Mandalay yes. Bay here. I was like, oh, five minutes. It took me 12. Oh, no, no, no. I knew it. When I, I had started I had started my hike already, and I got there, and I told Sean, I'm like, yo, I'm about to be at Rideshare. Go ahead and call it. And they told me that the car, because they were, they wanted me and you to ride together, which made perfect sense. And so they said the car was go, was there, and I got there, and the car was there. And Sean said, okay, Nate's on the way. And I'm like, hey, partner, you probably need to go ahead yep. and call another car because right. I knew what that hike was right. that I took to make it. And you and you, and you, you avoid eye contact with anyone so no one stops. <laughs> yeah, so you're just like, hey, yeah, 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 go, 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 go. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, that it was exactly that. I was like, oh, it, that's like five minutes. That was a five minute walk, right? And it was like, when you're not counting time, <laughs> it's, uh, it's no, definitely was not five minutes. That was definitely a lot longer than ten. Well, Smart some, move, my. Let me tell you something else that's happened here. Is only it involves me telling the oldie but goodie. So. I was going to go down to Radio Row and prostitute myself for a little while, right? Just go walk down there. 15 stro- minutes? Stroll around, try to get chose. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Show yeah. them a little something if that's what it takes. Yeah. Like, hey, daddy, you want to interview? You know, like, that's that's what I was going to do. I was going to go down there and try to make it Two happen. Two for one. Right? And then I was <laughs> say, you and you. <laughs> you know? So I'm there, and I saw, but they said you needed credentials to get down there. And I was like, oh, okay, I ain't that pressed. But there was definitely a different time in my life where I'd have found a way to sneak up in there. And that time wasn't that long ago. It was only 10 and a half years ago that me, Spencer, and Holly got caught sneaking into a high school football game in Miami. We almost made it, though. We was this close. Like, we jumped over. We, I think we hopped a fence and walked over was, a canal. Was, was that a stadium? Which one? Yeah, it was at, um, it was, oh, Central places. was playing Northwestern. Yeah. They were number one and number two in the country yeah. at, uh, I know the name of the stadium. I can't remember. It's the one right, right in the middle of the city. It ends in a Z or something like that, like Trez or something like that. Yeah, but it was it, it was that. I tried to sneak in. Got got. I love sneaking in, and so. Well, when you're tall, it's hard to sneak in too. Yeah, that's, that's, I, mean, that's I always get caught. That's part of the fun. That's yeah, part. true. I snuck in a Super Bowl once. Oh, which one? Sorta. It was Sorta. the it was the Super Bowl in Atlanta uh, in January of 2000 that became. Much more famous. You for, and Ray? Yeah, the Ray Lewis thing <laughs> happened that night, right? So I went to Clark Atlanta University, which is yep. a walking distance of the George Dome. Yep. And uh, the people in the band, they used to volunteer and they'd get into Falcons games. Mm-hmm. But they also were able to volunteer to get into the SEC championship game. So my man Lurch, who was in the band, was like, yo, I'm going to give you a band shirt. And we're going to go in here and see if we can make it happen for the Super Bowl. Okay. Now, the thing with Lurch is, at that time, Lurch has come a long way, I would assume. But at that time, Lurch's email address started with the phrase klepto. Okay. That's kind of, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's what Lurch did. That's what Lurch, Lurch, Lurch get. Lurch, you know, Lurch wouldn't be a good klepto, though. You, a, guy, no, no, a, guy he, nick, a guy nicknamed Lurch feel like. Like Lurch was like two inches taller than me. That's what, uh, yeah. Lurch was amazing at it. Lurch was, really? Lurch, Lurch was, uh, the things I've seen him steal were just my, like you'd be walking out the store and be, like it just happened one time. We were walking out of Eckerd. Shout out to people who remember Eckerd. We're walking out of Eckerd and you remember when, you know, people used to have cameras 
they had the camera batteries, the lithium joints, mm-hmm. and it was a specific battery for the camera. Yep, and so I see the camera battery and I look at Lurch and I'm like, oh, Dag, I need one of those. He's like, this one? I go, yeah. He's like, all right, let's go. And it's like, he just made that shit disappear. Oh, the with, the, with the, the beer can? Yeah, you know, yeah, he's, yeah, he's just like, wow, okay. Like, it was so natural to him, right? Yeah. And so I'm in line with Lurch and Lurch goes up to the counter and apparently he has figured out that this volunteer thing isn't happening. But yeah. he doesn't tell me this. He knows I got a little bit too much of an honorable spirit. Yeah. I'm like, I'm down to give up. He's a little antsy. Lurch, Lurch don't give up. Lurch don't give up. So Lurch's like, oh, okay, cool. We're going to go in this other line. I'm like, all right. So we go in this other line. And while we're waiting in the line, Lurch is doing some old shenanigans shit because he always was, right? And Lurch gets up to the front and he comes back. And we almost to the front now. And he looks at me and he goes, Charles Greer. I'm like, what? He goes, Charles Greer. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he says some other name. And I'm like, what is going on? And so he was ahead of me in line. And he goes, they ask him, what's your name? And he says that other name. And then they give him like a packet of stuff to work like as a vendor. And boom, like the vest yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Boom. So they come to me and they're like, what's your name? I said, Charles Green. And I look and they're like looking at the list and they don't have a Charles Green, but there is a Charles Greer. And I said, hey, I said, Charles Greer. And they go, oh, oh. okay. Gave me my stuff. Baby. We in the Super Bowl. I take two steps. Some big old dude in some cyan colored jacket. Yeah. Got a key ring that looked like he had the answers to the universe. All them keys was on it. Like in the Matrix. Yeah. And he looked at me. He looked at me and he says, what's your name? And I said, Charles Greer. You're not Charles Greer. Which, in the most technical of senses... He is correct. Yes, he is. I I was not Charles Greer, right? If you really, if you if you really want to be a dick about it, yes. I was not Charles <laughs> Greer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You really, that's how you want to do it. Which is the I best wasn't time, Charles right? Greer, right? Yeah. And then I heard him get on that walkie-talkie, and now it's time for me to bail. Lurch ain't give up. Lurch stuck around. I was like, no, nah, man, the party's over. This yeah. is only a fun story when you don't go to jail. Lurch swears up and down he got into the Super Bowl. I have no idea if he got in the Super Bowl. I say all that to say. It wasn't that long ago that I'd have been down there on Radio Row. I'd have been on that stroll, giving which, them all the leg and all the lip that they needed. Which entrance was that at? Was it near the highway right there that goes by the Georgia? It was Bowl? right there off of Martin Luther King. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about, Sale. But that's what actually I, really funny. But I, but also, <laughs> like, I got a great visual That's right. right, right. The Falcons yeah, guy. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Saying. So if you, like, if you went across Martin Luther King, yep. CAU was like two stoplights yep. over that over way. Park, and so I remember time. I parked over by Morris Brown for that. And what I always remember is, some, I don't know what the appropriate terms are these days. We'll just call him a vagrant. I think you still say vagrant. Okay. It was a vagrant with a cardboard sign that honestly on the other side may have said, why lie? I need beer money. But this time said parking $25. He had, he had got to that lot before anybody <laughs> else. And he had decided he was going to get $25 a car for that lot. <laughs> That's actually a good price now. Yes. But also the best part of it is the Falcons at that point have been so consistently sorry yep. that nobody even seemed to really have a plan for how to use those parking lots because ain't nobody want to go see them. maxed it out. Yeah. Because that was that would have been pre-Vic, right? It was yeah. pre-Vic. It was, it was a year it, before Vic. The year after they went to the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. You know, well, that, I know that. They beat the 98 Vikings. That, that oh, <laughs> I will never forget the oh. only time, and there's no Falcons fan has ever felt like this. When Gary Anderson missed that kick, I remember I was talking to somebody and because I got off work at halftime. I worked at the Gap. Yeah. I did the morning because that was a it was in Atlanta. So that was a big fight to get your shift so you could get out yeah. to go watch the game. So I remember I got off my shift. 
just in time, just like, like at halftime, mm-hmm. I flew in and it's looking like the game's over. The Vikings are up at that point. I want to say by seven. Mm-hmm. Gary's about to kick the ball. He hasn't missed a field goal all year long. Yards. And I watched it and I was just talking to somebody because he knew it was going through. And it always looked like it was going to go through. It was right there on, I think, the left upright. Yep. And then at the end, it went. And I remember it saying, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Nobody's ever said anything like that about the Dude, Falcons, and they did. That next drive, because uh, it was quarterback, Chris Chandler. Chandler. Uh, he uh, he went unconscious. He was yes. unconscious that next drive. It was just, do, do, do. I was like, what is that? I was on the side. I was in third grade, fourth grade, third or fourth grade. I was a water boy, a literal water boy. Like, I was in charge of that. And so within a couple of years, it went from that, and then the Mariners, I was a Mariners fan. They lost Ken Griffey Jr., Randy right. Johnson, A-Rod. Childhood ended right there. Yeah. Like right there, that that kick. <laughs> I vividly remember the kick because it was on our side, how it missed. Mm. And the sound is what stands out to me. Yeah. Because it's that. <gasps> yes. Like it was automatic. Like you said, everyone's like, oh, here's Gary. Mom, single bar face mask. Go on. Go, 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 go do your thing. And then, okay, well, we'll get a stop here. I think the, uh, the Vikings dropped like two picks, one in the end zone. Chris Chandler was a machine on that. Then I think there was like 30 seconds left and the Vikings took a knee. Randall Cunningham took a knee. And like Denny Green never lived that down. Yeah. That knee right there. Because that was that 98 offense, that Vikings offense that scored 500 and some points. 551. You remember, I remember they, that number. Because it's 551. They beat Washington, one of the Joe Gibbs teams. And I remember my dad because he played for Gibbs. Yeah. And then he was the line coach for that Vikings. He was like, yeah. Like, because he was like, God. <laughs> like, I did something better than Coach Gibbs. Yes. Like, if it was the line coach. But it was that. Oh, my God. That team. Because Moss, week one, they played the Bucks, And it was like right away. You could just. It was a force of nature. But he had the, oh, yeah. the tip up throw or catch. Oh, yeah. No, no, so, let me tell you this. We we're going to pay some bills. But as we were going with this, I was like, oh, it's just time to tell fun Randy Moss stories. Oh, Coming up next on The Right Time. <laughs> Big game is right around the corner. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. If Patrick Mahomes throws for more than one yard in the big game, you win on Prize Picks. It's really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from our producer, Sean, that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Most of us have at least one relationship in our lives that we're proud of. One where we're able to work on both ourselves and the relationship to make it what it is today. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships. Whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone. Therapy helps you find your strengths and also your weaknesses so you can make the best out of any relationship in your life. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Celebrate the progress you've already made. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bomani today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Bomani. If you were like me and watched the playoff games with your friends who might have gotten a little too rowdy, you can agree that it can be an exhausting experience. So when it's time to start another big week, celebrate Hydration Monday with Liquid IV. Liquid IV can help you feel revived and ready to take on the new week. Liquid IV is super easy to use. Just take a pre-measured packet and pour it into a glass of water, mix it up, and enjoy. You can take it at home before you start your day or take it with you to work or the gym. Plus, with their roster of flavors, you can easily find the right flavor for you and your taste buds. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code BOMANI at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code BOMANI at liquidiv.com. We were just talking yeah. to Nate. Nate's father, uh, Mike Tice, was the head coach of the Vikings. And I hadn't really thought about this. Like, I know you've been around the team, and I knew all the people you've been around at various points. But I really hadn't thought about what it had to be to be seven or eight years old, and you were watching Randy Boss. Yeah. It's like, I, it maxes out there. It's like, I, I I had other people, these athletes will come through, these players come through, even Tyreek Hill. And the people compare it to Moss. It's like, no. There's, it's one of one. <laughs> It's the greatest athlete I will ever see and ever will see. Unless we have a Randy Moss that's 30 pounds heavier. Yeah. It's like there's he's, he's the perfect athlete. It just makes you laugh. Like I, one, eight years old. Well, one, he's a lot bigger than I think that people realize. Yes. Like the notion that the notion that Randy Moss is skinny no. is he's, not like you think. He, he's like 6'4, he, 205 pounds. Yep, yep. He was 6'4, 205. He's built more like T. Higgins than I think people realize. Another second reference for T. Yes. Higgins on this show. Yes. But yeah, no, he's built. Like I, and that's what happens whenever a skinny guy comes to everyone goes oh he's built like randy moss is like come on guys like <laughs> i'm faster than everybody i don't i can jump higher than everybody i have hands the greatest hands, hands ever and people talk about that whole he didn't run the route tree the reason he didn't run the route tree is why some people don't need to waste their time with certain things right the well the simplest if i can beat you vertically why would i <laughs> waste my time doing anything else if i can literally beat you over the top every single time why do, if i can throw a 103 mile an hour fastball and you can't hit it yeah why learn a, a curveball like, well why leverage i know you have to but uh, but also moss is, is a football savant and that was the other thing so like you just talked hands the greatest hands i ever seen yeah. i also the other receiver he was with was chris carter correct so i was around moss and carter I'm like every receiver catches every ball like this <laughs> and then the quarterbacks around cunningham all these guys yeah. and then pat dante culpepper it's like every quarterback has been like dante culpepper it's like no that's not normal but moss was just he's the total package just i like, admire boss for being a football savant because i wouldn't learn how to do shit he loves if I was sports, ready, man. boss, I wouldn't know how to do anything but run straight and go. Nothing right. else would have ever come up. If right. I was his coach, I could never be so selfless as to teach him stuff. Just go. Just, Just go. go. Run past the guy <laughs> as fast as you can. Play center field here in baseball and catch every out, uh, uh, fly ball that goes your way. That's funny. You My say favorite that. clip will always be D'Angelo Hall, not the most humble man that the world that has ever produced. All talking about, and this is a preseason game, yep, right? Yep. D'Angelo Hall talks about checking Randy Moss, and D'Angelo Hall is super fast. I'm yes. sure he never lost a running race no. in his life. Nope. And he was like, I got Moss. He gave him like a 15-yard cushion. And yep. Moss, apparently somebody must have told Randy Moss, this is this kid that say he faster than everybody yes. else. Moss took off the line 
he hadn't even got there yet. Hand. Hand was up. And was like running, running. Why is he? Why he is turns he? his. He's like, <laughs> Daniel telling a story is great too. He said, "I'll send that ball." And he goes, "I'm <laughs> catching Randy's feet as he crosses the end zone." But can you imagine being a? Because D'Angelo was a four three guy. Yes. He's that's probably never happened to him his entire life. Like that must have just been such a world rocking moment. But <laughs> and he talks so much shit. So so and that's the thing about Randy. Randy's classic thing is like, "Who are you?" You know, pull the jersey back and go, "I don't even know your name. You right. know mine." And that, but that's what he did every week. Shoot, the Cowboys game, uh, the famous Thanksgiving game, hand up on a route that he's not even supposed to be live. Right. But he throws the hand up, and Randall's like, okay. <laughs> and now we're like, whoa, what a great play. It's like, that wasn't even the design, but that's what that guy can do. So again, thought that was normal. Thought that was completely normal that all receivers run like this and can catch like this. But I realized, no, that's once in a lifetime, probably. <laughs> so, Otanti, since we are here for the Super Bowl, yeah. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about football stuff in a while. Um, Brock Purdy is in the Super Bowl. Yes. And by the way, got them to the Super Bowl in a manner of speaking. It's he not did. that they won the game entirely because of him, right. but there were plays that needed to be made, and he made the plays. There's that's no it. way around that. That's what I keep kind of, because I'm a Brock-nostic. I, I, I'm staying out of the MVP <laughs> stuff. It's just like, I, I, you have to acknowledge how good the offense is and the players around them, but the thing is, I've been comparing it to more like F1. It's like, if the car is real good, how good's the driver? You still got to run it. You still got to drive. You could be on secretariat. You still got to be the jockey. Right. And it's like, that's what he does. It, okay, maybe he he doesn't make the 12 to 14 throws, awesome throws that the top tier guys do. He only has to make three or four, but he has been. And that's why it's like, all right, that's why you got to it. And the scrambles. That's the big, big thing was the scrambles. And that's the element that he brings. Even if, you know, he's not going to be Lamar. He's not going to be Josh Allen. He's not going to be those guys. But it's like, it's still pretty good. Right. He's still going to get those first downs. Like that's yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes runs most to move the scrambling. chains. Yep. The first downs are first downs. Like that is that is such a key thing to use your legs, especially that it's a prerequisite now. Yeah. That it used to be all the quarterbacks used to be like Drew Bledsoe. It's like they're moving uh, Brad Johnson, you know, those guys like that. And now it's like, no, you have to run for a first. It's yeah. like otherwise you're stuck with a golf who can do a lot of things, but when stuff shrinks down, okay, you maybe can't do that. Or a Tua. Tua's not a scrambler, he's not a runner. So it's like, okay, things go off script. We got you got to use your legs a little bit. You got to run a little bit. And Purdy could do it. Uh, you got to give credit to him. Well, the point I made about him is everybody else out here calling him a game manager. He don't know what you talk about. No, he, he does not. He does not view himself at all no. like these people. Like I don't think I don't. He the he's a backyard are, football player. Yeah, that's what he is. That's yeah. what's funny. You know, people go, no, oh no, he's just a smart everything. His play at Iowa State was chaotic. Yes, he was more like I don't know. Just trying to think, a guy like young Josh Allen, more yes. like not that. Yeah. Side skill, but how they play, just running around, throws that could be a touchdown, could be a pick, and now everyone's acting like he's like the surgeon and everything. Well, it's like he is smart, but uh. well, also <laughs> what I think they forget about him up to this point and through this point, he's been good everywhere he's played. Right, right. So game. like you can think about him as Mister. He was Mister Irrelevant because of size. He was a first team All Power Five Conference right. quarterback. Multi your starter. Yeah, so he's a guy that's like, what are you talking about? Right. Like I got my chance to play. I got out there. I was like, oh, this wasn't as hard as I thought right. it would be. And there's also some of that too because his demeanor and he has kind of that aw shucks to him. But there is something to that where he's kind of unflappable. <laughs> like you have to be if you're chaotic and you throw a pick, you you got to come back out and yep. throw another play. And he has that. Yeah, like that, that's the thing is not every guy is gonna be the runaround guy that could throw at 80 yards and everything like that and run a 4-4 but it's like everything he does have he's good at yeah it's like so okay yeah he's not gonna be the guy i take number one overall but it's like he does have qualities and that's what 
gets caught. The middle area is, is just no one wants that. You either have to be awesome right. or you have to suck. And it's like no one wants the middle area. But I don't. I honestly, I mean, I don't want to live in a world though where he comes out on top of Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl because that's it's gonna be. They're gonna make it hard. It's gonna be they're gonna hard. make it really There's hard. There's a Drew Brees comparison article this week, and I was just like, come on, guys, come on, guys, you're asking come on, for guys, a lot. Come here. On. You're asking for a lot here. You're, yeah. you're at, and look and shout out to Drew Brees because yeah. those of us who remember the first three years of Drew Brees, they drafted Phil Rivers for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Brees was comeback player of the year and never got hurt. No. Like, right, right. He, he, like he, the shoulder was after. That's right. You're right. Was after. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because it was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, yeah, go run, Drew. Oh my God, the the. I have a story about those quarterback rooms with the Chargers. So, uh, so Cam Cameron. Yeah. Okay. So that that quarterback room, I believe, was Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and a guy named Doug Flutie. Yes. Okay. So Cam Cameron. There's a lot of stories about Cam Cameron, but. He gets in there. They have like some discussion how to read a play out. So again, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Doug Flutie. He writes one little circle. He writes a big circle. And he points at the little circle and he goes, this is how much you guys know about football. Points at the big circle. He goes, this is how much I know about football. And that's where we're going to let stand. And you go, look at that quarterback room again. <laughs> Who does this? Cam Cameron. <laughs> the, the dude who went one in 15. Yeah, that he's is. the dude that got the job with the Dolphins when they didn't hire Mike Tomlin. And Dan Levitard has always said is because they deemed that Mike Tomlin was, quote, too hip hop, unquote. Mike Tomlin? That's a quote. That's a quote. He's too hip hop. Tomlin's a blue collar, as they freaking yes, come, man. I mean, but <laughs> he was just like, what a, what a, what a lie, too. Also, <laughs> like, what a wild thing. Yeah, I wonder what you mean here. Yeah, yeah a wild know. thing to that say. That was uh, Cleo Lemon, right? That was the Cleo Lemon. <laughs> I think did have Cleo, and I got to say, you know, <laughs> Using hip hop as they meant it, not directed hip hop. It don't get much more hip hop than a dude named Cleo Lemon. Lemon. Oh, I know. Gracious. That's a great he, DJ. He, name. he is two turntables and a microphone. I, was just say, <laughs> I think he's got excess here in Vegas. Like he's, oh, got, really? he's got a booth. No, I'm kidding. He might. No, no. But uh, then uh, Cameron went to the Ravens and he got benched uh, uh, for what's his name? For Caldwell. I yes. think. Yeah. Yeah. He sure and did. They went on to the Super Bowl. Sure <laughs> did. Now, I to, we talked about Purdy in that game. Yeah. Mahomes with the Ravens in that game against the Ravens, as I've had more of a chance to watch it. And I don't, the Lamar stuff is tricky for me because I don't think Lamar played well, but I don't think he played poorly. No. Like, I, you know, I think we get too extreme on that. This close to two huge plays and they fumbled at the one. Yes. It's like, it's like they were yes. moving the ball. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. However, Patrick Mahomes, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, you know, you know way more about this than I do. I felt like he almost controlled the game like a point guard running four corners or something like that. Like, yes. like I I'm when so I think about what this. a quarterback can be good at and how you show how good you are, I can't think of a guy like we think about Tom Brady as like executing every read or whatever yes. it is. I don't recall a quarterback controlling the game yes. like it seemed like he controlled that, that game. That is a phenomenal way to put it. And that's something I've kind of been pounding the table because you're seeing even with this draft process coming up with Caleb Williams and stuff like that. And the comparisons that happen every year. Find the next Mahomes and all that. <laughs> yeah, find, uh, find the next thing we've never seen sure. before. <laughs> all the creativity stuff and the crazy angles, the ad-lib plays, yes, that's fantastic. But it's the stuff and structure. He's a – and what I've started kind of – the uh, relation I've kind of made, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Similarity I'm looking at. It's like yeah. Barry Bonds hits 70-something home runs. He also got on base over 50% of the time. Mahomes gets on base just over and over, singles, doubles, singles, doubles. Then he gets into that web. That's him jacking it up and right. throwing, swinging for defenses. But that's the thing that's gotten underrated with him, even as he's winning all these games and these accolades and everything. Dude's a, another football savant. And he's added to his game pre-snap. He's always been pretty good. They give him control to do the, the adjustments and the protection stuff. Him and Creed Humphrey got a good connection. This year they've added another level. 
where he's calling out before even Creed Humphrey makes a point. So like they, so pre-snap, he's already top three. Regular in structure play, he's the best. And then out of structure play, he's probably the best. Right. Okay. And he's not even 30. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you this with this game. Because I remember I picked the Chiefs to beat the Bucks that year because I was not picking against Patrick Mahomes. And I tell the story all the time. They show the starters on the screen and I saw left tackle Mike Rimmers and I was like, boys, yeah. think I made a mistake. Yep. Am I going to feel that way about this game thinking about the Chiefs receivers? Uh, no, Rasheed Rice has stepped up a little bit. And I think more the the important thing is the Chiefs run game more than anything. And Kelsey's played, he looked like 70% this whole year. And then now the playoffs, he looks like Travis Kelsey, which is good. But I think they figured out throughout the year how to work these guys in, which is one of them is less Kadarius Tony as he got hurt. But a little bit is like, what's more, more of this Rasheed Rice kid because yeah. he's fantastic. He's, he's got star qualities and working in his role, also using more tight ends, just period, not just Kelsey, but the other two dudes. And so using those guys, that means more tight ends, less receivers on the field. Yes. So less shit can happen. Wow. <laughs> less mistakes can happen. So not as much as maybe two months ago. Gotcha. I'd say. So Kadarius Tony is interesting to me because we all have these guys. For me, it used to be Darren McFadden. Oh, your tweet was perfect. Every year. Yeah. This is the year that Darren McFadden puts it all together right yeah. we've all got to puts Brace. it all together guys yes. Kadarius Tony is my puts it all together guy still to this day because I remember watching somebody did somebody did some cut-ups of him coming out of college his route running game is one of the it's, most unreal things I have no, ever seen it's fake it's like not, not, no it's squiggly lines <laughs> ampersands yeah. <laughs> like, how do you move how can you do this so fast but Dave was talking about my tweet where he had a quote that asked me if he's an upward so receiver and he's funny. like yeah when I get the ball and I said you see delusion I that's, see irony that's the problem that's it that's the ball problem is like, it's you, like why do you think you don't get the ball right. you or think you think you, they just hating on you or it took you four years to see the field at Florida and you see how he moves Guys in college are going to figure out a way to put you on the field, even as yes. returning kicks or something like that. And they're like, uh-uh, we don't trust this guy at all until the last year, which I think was the COVID year. So it's like, okay, we got to. And even when he was getting hyped up for the process, I was like, his highlights are great. I get it. He has rare, rare movement ability and everything. But actually playing football, it's like it's not there yet. And it still hasn't improved. He's like, yes. and everybody, like you said, ah, the McFadden comparison. That is <laughs> such a good one. I'm trying to think of another like receiver that used to happen in the 2000s. There's always a guy. Yeah, you're just like, he's, he's this There's close. There's always he's a guy. Close. I always felt like it was like a Lions receiver or something <laughs> like that. One of their first rounders they took. But that, that Tavon Austin. That's another great one. It, another top 10 pick or a high it, it, pick. You yeah. See, you see why they did it. It's right there. You Did you see, see the video uh, of him showing his highlights to his daughter? No. He so that that he has one of the best college highlight videos ever. If you haven't seen it, watch it. And he showed that to his daughter. And his daughter the whole time was like, that's daddy? But it's kind of, it was awesome. Yes. Really cool to see that. But also it's like, he's not showing the NFL highlights. <laughs> but also when you have a college highlight film like that, yeah. I would show that to my daughter as well. Tavon Austin had a game. At West Virginia. And West Virginia were always, they were great for the undersized, super fast guy, right? Because West yep. Virginia, all those guys are open box and specials. And funky offenses. Yeah. So, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Open box specials in some form or fashion. Yep. There's some reason they had to go to Noel West Virginia. Ain't, ain't, nobody doing, <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody doing that shit on purpose, right? Yeah, so, right. tell me about your ACT school, yeah. right? It's always like general studies major. Yes, yes. It's always <laughs> those guys, right? But I think they played against Oklahoma. Yes, it and is. they made Tavon a running back for that game. He had been received. What did he run for? 350 He's yards? Like 300 some total yards. He had a return, I think, too. <laughs> and that's what that whole highlight is. It's just that because they like that's like the main part of it. They say that was the night. That and that was when West Virginia was like just joined the Big 12. Yes. 
And, you know, back when that was a fun thing, <laughs> all this conference movement stuff. But when that happens, it's like, okay, they made that game. Okay, West Virginia, the new new kid's going to face Oklahoma. And then it was Tavon Austin night that time. So Austin's a good one, though, because, yeah. shoot, his highlight. His, that, I'll watch that game again. I'm going to watch that tonight because it's just that'll motivate no, we me. We just all have our people that we're just not giving up on for Ever. whatever reason. These Ever. things are all going to just – Percy Harvin had to – I mean, Percy Harvin actually became the guy. He could just never he do did. it for a full season. Right. He's just – you know, the flashes. I mean, you saw the Super Bowl. I think. Percy was still awesome. Awesome. It was just that he was never on the field. Correct. <laughs> so. Look, man, the Percy Harvin story, and people who listen to this show know they've heard me tell it many times. That Matt Hayes report that at that time, allegedly, Percy Harvin's beat up Billy Gonzalez, the wide receivers coach, and didn't get disciplined. Well, you see when he slaps Urban on the ass? Hard. Hard. And Urban gets up like he's about to do something, and he was like, oh. Nope. That's that, that's Percy. It's the very Manson clear. Recruit it's very got. clear the coach of that team was Percy. Look, once you beat up a coach and they don't do nothing, you the coach. That's it. You're the captain now. Yeah, you're the captain now. You that's are, it. though. You are. But isn't that just class? We were talking about being tall guys. Like, you win. Like, he's like, that's it. I. This is my room now. That, that's such Nobody a- wants to fight. What year was that? Was he a freshman? That would have been insane if you I think freshman. it was 08. I think it was in the 08 okay. year. Okay, 08 season. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. was that year that that. It was either that or 07. Okay. But yeah. there was one. God, what a run. Also, <laughs> in that report. They said that one time they were running steps as conditioning. And Percy Harvin sat down and said, and I quote, this shit stops now. And the next day they were playing basketball. Changing cardio. <laughs> That's what was a shame about that doc they made. It's like, let's get into the real stories, man. Y'all know why we showed up. We all know. I know. Like I saw it's propaganda. I did an event with Brandon Siler, who I like, you want to talk about like a wildly impressive person to talk to. Like he does a lot of really interesting mm-hmm. work. And I, t- I happened to do this event with him um, as it was being produced. And I asked him, are y'all going to tell it? And he said, we going to tell it. No. Y'all know why we came here. And I think they felt like, oh, y'all think y'all going to get some scandal, but we going to give you the other side. Man, fuck your other side. We, saw we the came wins. here for the scandal. We, what other side? We saw the wins. We saw that too. <laughs> we know. We're not the behind the scenes. No. <laughs> oh, I know. I said, well, once I saw Urban was involved, I was yeah. like, ah, no, we're not getting Look, We're not getting anything. They acted like Percy Harvin didn't even, like, who is that guy? Right. Have you ever heard of Percy Harvin before? And that was the, that was, that was when you knew this was going to be, th- well, him and Tebow, when they both kind of committed, and I, I think they're the same class. Yeah. Yeah, they're a year above me. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, they went, like, when they went there, it always just felt like a thing. Because Urban, shoot, Urban at Utah, him and Dan Mullen, what they were doing, that was like, it, it felt like a revolution. Like, you could see, like, oh, this is where we're going. Yes. This is this hybrid. They're doing shotgun option stuff. Alex Smith looks phenomenal. Like I it, watched that Fiesta Bowl, oh. and they ran some play that somehow That's turned true. into an option with the quarterback starting right and it went back left and the yeah. option was with the wide receiver. And I ain't never seen nothing like that before in my that life. that play before. Yes. That, that team, like that Utah team, that I was in high school at that time and I just loved watching college ball. So it was like them and Boise were the teams I was always like, oh, Utah. But yeah, yeah, you guys can watch Texas and all that. And Vince, no, I'm going to watch Boise and Utah. <laughs> hipster me I was and, say, yeah that was that was some geeky stuff right it's, there but that's all i had man i didn't drink in high school i was such i was watching movies and football that's all i did it's like it's sports sports movies that's all i did but it was and i'm, I'm watching this stuff and i was like i was going to my high school coach and he's like well we can't do that 
It's like, well, it's cool. It's in the shotgun. You just do the option pitch. You can just do the reverse to the slot. Like you do all stuff. We have, you know, we got a bunch of short white guys. This is perfect. Like get them the ball, get them moving. And so I'm like, well, we can do a little bit of that. But it was like, that felt like just such a, like, just new thing. It was that in the air raid, what, what Mike Leach was doing. I was like, this is where it's going. Now everyone does it, was doing this stuff. Mullen didn't change much. No, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's the thing. And that's the problem. All, all right. No one adapts. Before we get out of here, how do you think the Super Bowl is going to go? I, I got the Chiefs winning. And not just because of Mahomes, but just because of Spags, Steve Spagnuolo, the defense. Yeah, I think they it's Spags with two weeks of prep that we're going to see some stuff, and that's why I think it's interesting. This is the best defense he's had with the Chiefs. I think this is kind of magnum opus this season with yeah. these young guys. So I think that's a huge element, and I think if you go four units, four hours defense is probably the weakest one, and you still have Andy Reid with two weeks of prep. They can find run game answers, and they still have Mahomes. But I think it's going to be close, of course. I, so I'm going with like a 27-24 Chiefs win. All right, there we go. That is Nate Tice at The Athletic. Check him out over there, my man. I greatly appreciate, appreciate you joining it. us here, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Before we go, Sean, you got prize picks for him? Oh, I certainly do. I don't know if this is going to come up. I might re-record this, but let's go. I got a big parlay here. Oh! Edwards and Lair, six and a half rush yards. Let's take more. Debo Samuel, four and a half receptions. Let's take more. Love it. George Kill, 0.5 rush or reception touchdowns. I'll take more there. Patrick Mahomes, 1.5 pass touchdowns. I'll take more. Chris Jones, 0.25 sack. I'll take more. And Nick Bosa, 0.25 sack. I'll take more. I think those guys will uh, do their thing. Sean, well, how you been doing lately, man? I've been doing good, Bo. I, I, I clap back at the haters after a win <laughs> on Monday show. <laughs> Love that when Sean needs to come in and let him know. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. They was giving Sean hey, a little flag. For- hey, look, you ain't got to give him picks. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you're out here trying to be nice. It's free service, right? No good deal. I'm deals. doing my part. I'm doing my part. That's what I'm saying. We're, me and Sean are in the same dynasty football league, which is an interesting experience. Yeah, yeah you learn about well, Sean's depths uh, as far as fantasy scouting. But also, uh, I, I love the Debo props. The Debo, I'm big on Debo and Kittle this yeah. week for, for props. They be looking out for y'all, man. But ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. That's Sean Yu. He handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, follow The Right Time. Subscribe. Like. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy.